try it, you try it. All right, I'll give it a try. No. Try not. Do or do not. There is no try. Why'd you like it? Like you? Who the hell said I got to like you? Is that true? Do you like me? You like me right now. You like me. I like it a lot. He likes it. Because I like it. Welcome to I'm Trying to Like It, the podcast where two siblings discuss all things pop culture or pop culture adjacent. We might disagree once in a while, but you can rest assured that we're both trying to like it. Imagine a group of celebrity friends who found themselves hitting hard times, invited out of the blue via mystery box to a remote island to solve the murder of their billionaire friend. No, this is not a description of Rory and my Christmas break. This is the setup for the new Ryan Johnson film, Glass Onion, a sequel to the 2019 hit Knives Out. We will discuss this and more on this week's episode. And first, we talk about the new musical, Matilda, based on the beloved Roald Dahl children's classic. What do you call it? Call it. What to do with it? with it hello everyone um that's from pinocchio Pinocchio. it's just been it's been stuck in my head for a week now well i mean longer than longer than that honestly because i watched it before we talked about it you know it's funny that we discussed it and we didn't really discuss the music did we i know we did on last week's episode (laughs) <laughs> oh my <laughs> excuse me <clears throat> what, to, uh, what just ha- what just let happened let me put out my cigarello and begin again <laughs> okay go ahead yes so last week we didn't really discuss the <laughs> the uh, music of Pinocchio we talked about how much we liked it but I don't think we ever brought up the music that was last week. We, we really didn't. I don't want to live in the past. Let's focus on what is ahead. So, mm, uh, Other than the new year? The new year is right ahead. We're just a few days away from 2023. And, um, mm-hmm. man, got here quick. So I was thinking about this the other day. Um, <laughs> after this week. So this is our last episode for 2022, right? We're going into our third year of recording oh, this Lord. podcast. We we started in August of 2021. We've recorded all through 2022. Now we're starting into the third year. Mm. What? Yeah. I mean, not three years of recording. We're not th- like my point is we started in 2021. We've worked our way all the way through 2022. We're entering now. The third calendar year of this podcast. Okay, there it is. You, I was a little bit confused on what you were saying there because two plus one doesn't make three, Aaron. Three plus one. <laughs> In fact, four. it does. In fact, it does. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I meant three plus one doesn't make three. <laughs> what? Makes- now we're really messed up. <laughs> okay, anyway. it doesn't matter. Uh, good point. Good point. Love to hear it. Um, I do think that at the beginning of you talking, right? Um, 
This is a me issue, apparently. I think I blacked out. <laughs> it's very possible you did. <laughs> because I I said something about the new year. I don't even remember what I said that qual- that got me to black out with the whole conversation. <laughs> this is happening more frequently, I feel like, where... Well, you know, I just get distracted. Hearing... I see things and... <laughs> I feel like it's the moment you stop hearing your own voice, you just lose interest. <laughs> it's like you're only interested whenever it's your own voice that you're hearing. Well, you know what? As, I can't as... even hear my own voice, Aaron. All I get to hear is my muffled self in crispy clear you. And it's it's a bit of an issue. It kind of drives me a little crazy. And it's a distraction. All right. Also, things on my desk are distractions. It's fine. The fans love it. It's okay. That's why they love me. That's why I have fans and you don't. So last week I mentioned the word fan on our show and I've come to regret it. No, 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 no. You did not mention the word fan. You mentioned my fan. Yeah, that was the mistake. From now on, I'm referring to them only as listeners. I'm never going to say we have a fan again or that you have a fan. Cause, uh, well, you don't have a fan, so we have fans, and I have fans. You I know, only pray, uh, I only pray that we never we actually have. I, I pray we have no, like we never have any, like real large scale success with this podcast because I, mean, <laughs> I can't even imagine what you would be like if you were like if we had, like if we were like I don't know shameless uh or not shameless what's the smartless like if we had like smartless <laughs> download numbers or going to o'brien needs a friend numbers like we would be yeah i'd be in trouble you would be you probably would already have a personal assistant and i could only communicate to you through the personal assistant April, April, our niece could be your personal assistant i Absolutely feel like i've lost not. I, I, no nope Nope. No. Not okay. Not a not an option. All right. Well, I will. I will be one. I. You know what? I rebuke everything you have said. Okay. I'm rebuking it right now, because I think we need to become. Well, you can ride on my coattails, um, <laughs> it, <laughs> but we need to surpass all expectation. You know what your problem is. You have zero positivity on the big things that could and will happen. It's okay. That's why I have the fans because they can they can sense my excitement, my positivity, my positive outlook on this podcast and life of this podcast. Whereas you, you just have that that you always say those little things. And that's why you have no fans, Aaron. People don't want that. They deal with that in the real world all the time. <laughs> they want the annoyingly optimistic, which I can bring. So it's okay. But when we get to that moment, I will hire my own assistant who will deal with you. <laughs> and it will be someone not family. Like you'll just have your and assistant. And someone that is not a teenager. <laughs> you'll have your assistant attend family events instead of you. We'll be like, hey, uh, hey, Marsha. <laughs> I guess Roy sent you My again. His name is not Marsha. I'm I'm, that came to mind. I don't know why. But 
Yeah, it will just be like Thanksgiving and there's just a stranger sitting at the table with us and you're nowhere to be found. Where's Rory? <laughs> yeah, she sent her assistant today. She didn't, didn't want to mingle with us little people. Yeah, I mean, come on. If you had an assistant, wouldn't you send them sometimes to family events? Uh, I like our family. I'm... <laughs> <laughs> I do too for the most part, but sometimes I just eh. Um well we uh we're gonna try to <laughs> anyways off of that, yeah. but I I am saying this. When we become a bigger name, okay, we're we're on track. We're on track. I will deal with you in small moderations. Um when we talk about topics you will never know if it's me or if it's my assistant responding. It'll be kind of like, <clears throat> like Regis and <laughs> Regis and, and uh, Kelly Ripa, or I, I'm old enough to remember Regis and Kathy Lee. Um, but you know, like I think they didn't communicate with one another until they were literally on set recording the show. Mm. Does anyone mm-hmm. know that reference? You're probably way too young. You know who Kelly Ripa is, right? Uh, yes, I do know who she is, but but Regis, do you re- remember Regis Philbin? I'm out of my mind. Is he the? Is he the? Oh, okay, is he the millionaire man? Yeah, yeah. Is he dead? I believe so. Yeah, but I didn't mean he that. Was to sound as he was a wonderful. He was a wonderful man, but. Uh, yeah, he did the the Who Wants to Be a Millionaire, but before that, he had a morning show where he, for years, uh, hosted with Kathy Lee Gifford, and then... Who's that? She's also a host. <laughs> like, she does oh, morning. Okay, cool. She was cool. on... Um, what uh, was she? She did. Tone, she did not the, needed, but it's fine. She did the Today Show for a long time, the, the after hours with, like, remember it was, like, Kathy and Hoda... <laughs> or something, right? And they were like oh. drinking wine at 10 a.m. or something. I don't Anyway. Um, hmm. Okay. But they had a morning show and uh, they, yeah. So I remember hearing that they never communicated until they were literally sitting next to each other on the set ready to, ready to uh, record. It kept the dynamic hmm. spicy, you know? Well, and that's what I mean, honestly, that's, that's what we're here for, what, to bring the spice. Kind of what we do. We don't really talk until this moment. Not not much. Just to hear. Yeah. Just planning our yeah planning the podcast. That's pretty much it. But but I mean that's a short little yeah. message here and there. Yeah. Okay. Well. Um, <laughs> enough of that. Today we are going to uh, talk a, a few pop culture headlines to get things kicked off. Yeah, Where you have scoured the interwebs and found some of the news from the world of pop culture the last uh, last week or so, and mm-hmm. I have no idea what stories you found, but we're going to uh, offer our take on these headlines. So, okay. I, I got no idea where you're going with this. So just you just take yeah. it away. Do you want me to do like all of them, or just like bounce back and forth? Pop yeah, I would just do one, and then we'll just we'll 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 offer our commentary, and then okay. we can go to the next one. All right, my first one is about 
a young gentleman that we have talked about on this podcast. We gave a full episode to this young man, and that is Mr. Beast's latest YouTube video and how he survived 50 hours in Antarctica with a group of his friends. Oh, I've seen that pop up on his channel, but I haven't watched it yet. Did you watch it? I I have not. It's on my list of things to watch. And it, it's not like a super long video like some of his other ones. It's only like 12 minutes. Um. So, but I have seen little bits and pieces of them, um, like, starting their hike in Antarctica and different <coughs> things and all of that stuff. So that is that is my first headliner. He also is doing like oh, he's also doing this crazy thing on Fortnite right now. Oh um, yeah. Where yeah. he has this competition and the person that has the most points will win a million dollars. And I just I cannot imagine I just want to meet this guy. And it's not because I want anything from him. I just want to have a conversation with him and pick his brain. Mr. Beast. Yeah. yeah. I just want to know, like, who, who are you? <laughs> like, who are you? Really? I, I think he's incredibly normal. Honestly, Ex- that's what I think, too, um, which is why I want to meet him so bad. But I do think he has some. He certainly has a knack for how to promote uh, obviously, how to promote his channel and how to expand his brand. Yeah, so he. I mean, he now has over 100 million subscribers, I believe. Um, um, on one channel, well, it says right here on his main channel, it's 124 million, but on both <coughs> channels combined, it's 203 million. Yeah, I mean, so he's he's got a way of uh, of just snowballing his successes and what really amazes me is when I watch him I I just am like this dude is he's not particularly charismatic he's not good looking I mean he's not ugly or anything but he's just not it's not like he got by on like his incredible good looks he's not mm-hmm. particularly funny although I mean some of the videos they do and stuff is 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 funny but it's not he doesn't himself seem particularly funny. Um, he he, you know, he's just kind of a normal, very average dude. I but, mean, he's from Wichita, Kansas. How much norm, more normal can you get? Yeah, but somehow has has managed to leverage, you know, every little success he has and snowball it into something bigger and bigger and bigger. So. It's that's yeah. I mean, I mean, that's special. If nothing else, he's that's that says something about his um, <laughs> at least his ability to, you know, to um, pursue success on that, you know, and I would say he's probably, you know, he's obviously one of the biggest success stories that YouTube has produced. So, yeah, yeah I don't know. But one of the little tab down toggles was questions was how much money does Mr. Beast make in one day? And it says that he approximately earns $333,000 per day, give or take. Yeah, I don't know how anybody, how anyone would tabulate that, but. Me neither. I mean, I guess if you just took, if you were able to find the data on like how much he earned in the previous year and then 
broke it out day by day, but he's constantly involved in new ventures that are bringing in mm-hmm. different revenue streams. So I would guess he's making more and more and more every day, basically. But anyway. Yeah, I don't know. But anyways, he survived 50 hours in Antarctica. I'm going to assume that he is he actually did survive it with no casualties or anything <laughs> like that because it was posted three days ago. Yeah, so that's up. So, <laughs> yeah. What else you got? I don't have any headlines. Oh. I'm we're we're relying completely on your headlines. So. Oh, cool, yeah. awesome. Okay, the second one I have is about Mr. Elon Musk and his Tesla stocks. Mm-hmm. Stock is headed for its worst month, quarter, and year on record. Uh oh. So it looks like it is. <laughs> <laughs> it looks like it is down 11 negative 11.41%. Hmm. Well, I think I'm reading it right. Yes. Yeah, I mean, I don't have the information here, but that makes a lot of sense. I mean, the economy Oh, just kidding. Nope, sorry. Yeah. The Tesla shares have fallen 73% from their record high in November 2021. Yeah. The stock is down 69% in 2022. Yeah. Um, that's a lot. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I think, exactly. you know, Elon counts as pop culture because he owns Twitter and he was once hosted SNL. So he counts as pop culture. Um, <laughs> I mean, that's the big thing. Do we think his stocks are down because of Twitter? I would have to no. I don't think it's mostly that, but I think it's partly that. Um, obviously, all stocks are kind of down right now, um, and so I think that uh, that could be part of it. The uh, I mean, I think that it's just maybe an economics issue, but I also I do think that some of the shenanigans, let's say, without getting too much into it, but. Some of the stuff that has gone on with Twitter and his buying Twitter have probably created a little bit of doubt in some of the investors' minds. And literally, that's all that has to happen. So with a stock, you know, you don't have to have anything really bad happen to like it's not like it was it's not like it would take like a really bad quarter where they just don't sell very many cars or anything like that to send the stock stock uh, down like that. Literally, all it takes is for people to go, oh, gee whiz, I'm not really sure that Tesla has a bright future um, because look at this guy's erratic behavior or whatever. And then people start to sell off or people just lose faith in it. And it's pretty soon the stock is dropping. So, you know, it doesn't mean that Teslas are bad cars or anything like that. It just means people are maybe a little bit uncertain about the future of Tesla as a company. And yeah, so that's, that's that can send the stock down. So, but it yeah. probably was inflated to begin with. That and and even uh, Elon Musk has said the same thing himself, which is that at its peak, he thought that Tesla was overvalued, uh, just based on pure yeah, speculation. That's true. So anyway, anything anything okay. else there? And yep, he was he was more. married to he was married to that uh pop music uh singer what was it Grimes right yeah Yes I don't think they were married I think they were just Oh you're right they were married together Yeah They have a kid that has yeah. a symbol as a name 
Yeah, I think they have two now. Okay. <laughs> but yeah. I think I think his name is just pronounced like X or something, but it's like all types of symbols. I don't know. It's really weird. I don't know how to pronounce it. I'm not going to dive into it. Um, the next one is uh, I don't know if you've watched it, the documentary, on Netflix yet, but I have. I watched it on Thursday. Um, and it's the Harry and Meghan documentary. And right now, they that has just been a whole a whole issue. And my thing about them in the headline is nobody was allowed to talk about them about Prince Harry and Meghan at Christmas time. It's like something that's been circulating around on the interwebs. And you mean no one in the royal was, family was allowed to talk about them? Yeah. Hmm. Yep, no one in the royal family was allowed to talk about Prince Harry and Meghan. But if you haven't watched that documentary, yeah, I highly. I normally we do recommendations at the end, but I highly, highly recommend it because. Sorry, I'm, I'm messing with my. I wires. don't know. I I I I don't I don't understand why people hate. <clears throat> sorry, why people hate Meghan Markle so much and how all of this tension and strife has come to what it is. It just doesn't make sense to me. And this documentary is incredible. I love, I loved it Hmm. kind of hit me in the feels too. Yeah. Um, I have a very American perspective on the Royal family. Um, in that I think it's stupid. <laughs> I think all I think everything to do with the royal family is stupid. It's really oh dumb. Boy. It's I just think the whole idea of having well, a king and you and, and Prince Harry, you and yeah. Prince Harry are on the same page then. Yeah. It's I don't know. It's like I'm glad we don't have a, a king in America. And uh if we That's did, true. I I would R. think R. that was stupid. And um <laughs> I mean, how stupid is it to think that just because someone's born into a family, like, okay, now you're the leader. Like, that's, I mean, I understand. I mean, honestly, they're I... just figureheads. I understand that. But that's even dumber because then it's like, we're going to spend billions of dollars to sustain this system that doesn't really, you know. I mean, at this point, like, everyone is basically acknowledged that the royal family is simply a tourist attraction in England. And so um, I guess then if it is a tourist attraction, then that means it's no different than like Pioneer Village or something here in the U.S. <laughs> like, you know, you, yeah. you go there and you get yeah. to see people like dressed up like the olden days. And uh, that's what the royal family is now. And so I don't really care what happens with them. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, well there, there, there is that. I mean, if I was um, if I was Megan or uh, uh, Harry, is that who she's with? Harry or yes, okay. she's with Harry. Okay, the, the good one, the, the good one. Then I would be like good riddance the too. Still like, very get, attractive. Get out of there! Just get out of there. Yeah. Um, yeah so uh, to the extent that they try to do good things with their fame and riches that they just literally were just born into and given, 
like that, like to the extent that they try to do good things, I respect that. Like if I was born into a billionaire's family and, uh, you know, the best you can hope for is that I at least try to do something good with my resources. So, eh, you know, that's, that's, that's the one bright spot, but otherwise I think it's stupid. <laughs> oh boy. Okay. Um, two more. I think I said two more, but I meant three more. Now it's two more. Okay. Now we're actually at two more. Um, okay. This is, this is, has been a very big, 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 big topic amongst the DCU. And that is the fact that they have given the chop to Henry Cavill. Cavill? I think it's Cavill. Cavill to Henry Cavill <coughs> as Superman. Okay. It is all over the place. It is Henry Cavill was the Witcher for season one, season two. He ended up saying, you know what? I don't like the direction this is going because the people that were um, were not sticking with the book. Right. And right. he wanted to it to stay with the book. So he said, actually, I'm going to peace out. See you later. I'm going to start on... Um, Superman, but then DC, I don't know who, I don't know what person in DC was the, it was two people, was the one that decided this. Right. But they said, see you later. We don't, we don't There's need you. Oh, Siri, shut up. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's, that scared me. We have me. A, another guest um, host today, Siri. <laughs> another guest host. Anyways, um, James, it was James Gunn and Peter Safran or whatever, um, just kind of said, peace out. You're not going to be Superman anymore. Hmm. But they've also done that to, I think, they gave the boot to Gal Gadot. Um, really? A lot of, I For I Wonder think, Woman? Like, yeah, there's been, there's been a lot of, a lot of talk about it. Huh. I don't know if that, if it's, if it's truth or not. Yeah. Um, but there I feel have like been Wonder Woman's like the only good thing really going for the DCU at this point. But see, the issue that I'm seeing is is at the end of in credits of Black Adam, Superman was in it. So As I don't Henry know. Henry Cavill was. Uh huh. Okay. So like he he part of him leaving The Witcher was one because of differences with how they were doing the story and two was because of Superman. Yeah. But now they're saying, see you later, Henry, which I think is absolutely ridiculous because he's been the only Superman that has been an amazing Superman. They've been through like six Superman men's. He's very, I think he fits physically, you know, he looks like Superman. He fits that role really well. Yeah. Um, I haven't really, and he loves it. Yeah, I, I mean, I did. I, I'm trying to think how much I felt, how much I enjoyed the Superman movies. I haven't had, and it wasn't necessarily his fault, but I don't know that I was a huge fan of the Superman movies that have been out in recent years. I haven't been the only the only Superman that I have followed was Smallville. Hmm, okay, well. I have for years heard that there was in the past supposed to be 
a version of Superman that was Nick that was starred Nicolas Cage as Superman and directed by okay. Tim Burton. So this was like after Batman was a huge success and he wanted to do Superman um, with Nicolas Cage as Superman as Clark Kent. And um, that I think would be, would have been spectacular. I mean, Maybe a spectacular mess, but definitely fun to watch. Yeah. If it had ever happened. But um, the Ooh. problem with Superman as a superhero, and, and I'm not like a comics geek, so I don't, I, I feel like I'm wading into waters that are a bit too deep for me. But Superman doesn't work well as a hero in modern times because he's too perfect. He doesn't have yeah, inherent f- character flaws that make him interesting as a character because we really like we really like antiheroes. We like people that have flaws in modern times, <laughs> right? Like we don't want somebody who's yeah, who's yes. who's sincere and um, or you know that that's fl- flawless in character and in form and. So I don't know. I don't know. I, I think it's hard to make Superman very compelling as a character, although he was for decades. So, I mean, maybe it's just that yeah. it hasn't worked in, in the recent film versions. But, um, yeah. But Henry Cavill was good as Superman. So, yeah. I mean, yeah. I I don't know. I Again, I think I've said this before. The DC Universe is not at all... <clears throat> I, I feel like they really lack in how they put their movies on and how they get their actors because Marvel has an actor and that actor plays and you don't really see a change in the actor um, or a change in the superhero and unless said actor passes away in real life or in in the movie. So you had Iron Man who sacrifice himself in Endgame, and then you have Chadwick Boseman as Black Panther who passed away in real life. So those were the only ones where they said, okay, we have to reevaluate how we're going to portray this superhero type thing. Yeah, yeah. Although the Batman films have been done with several different actors, and they they, that that was pretty successful. Well, yeah, yeah. I'm just saying it can be done to Except for Ben Affleck. Ben Affleck is trash. Yeah, but I'm I'm just saying it can be done successfully where you change out actors, but yeah, I don't know. But anyway. Yeah. All right, last headline is Avatar: The Way of Water has surpassed another major box office milestone with 955.1 million dollars in global ticket sales. Well, there you have it. I said that James he Cameron has, was gonna be he's gonna be okay and sure enough. He is he is okay. He it says here that he has made a total of two hundred and ninety three million in North America and six hundred and sixty one million overseas. It that is, is pretty incredible, although pretty predictable based on James Cameron's uh record, you know. So now you saw yeah, it, it, and is, we haven't had a chance to I, review I it, it, but you yep, liked I it. I did see it. Yeah. 
But it is the third, I did, I did like it. It's the third highest grossing movie of the year, and it is currently tied with Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. Um, at, but yeah. 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 But it'll be like the top film in the box office for the next month or month and a half, I would expect. So it'll, yeah, it'll gross I mean, quite a bit more. I think the only the only movie currently coming out in the beginning of the year that I have heard any type of buzz and hubbub about is Ant Man and the Wasp and Quantum Mania or whatever the title is because it's yeah. Long. But who knows? So that who is knows? my top pop culture headliners that have made an impact on my life. <laughs> <laughs> Right. Mainly the fact that I just couldn't imagine having something that I create amass $955 million. million. Yeah. Dollars. That's pretty incredible. Crazy. Well, until our podcast hits. Yeah, we're, hits I mean, we'll hit there running. someday for sure. We'll get yeah, there. Yeah, we will. <laughs> High flyers. All right. Well, let's. Uh, we're going to try to squeeze in uh, discussions on two different films on this episode so let's take our first break when we come back we will be discussing the new musical version of the rolled doll children's classic matilda this school is full of rebels what is your name Matilda. Matilda Wormwood. All right, welcome back. Um, Matilda! So, Matilda uh, was released just this past week. And. Yes. Um, yes, yes, yes. Doing well on Netflix. I became first aware of this film um, actually a few weeks ago. When I saw clips of it, I believe on TikTok, where people were substituting yes, the music, they were taking some of the dance sequences from Matilda, uh, from the trailer, I believe, and then just syncing it with new music, like a lot of hip hop. Um, and, mm-hmm. and it looked pretty awesome. Like if you sync some of the dance scenes with like just, I don't know, just just hip hop, like heavy beat. Uh, stuff like it looks pretty awesome. So, so I was like, Oh, huh, this is, this looks kind of cool. Um, and then whenever I saw that it was available, uh, through Netflix, um, I decided for us uh, to, to watch it as a family. And so I watched it with Shella and laser this past week and this past weekend and, um, really enjoyed it. I mean, I think the music's good. The dance numbers are very, uh, like the choreography is quite amazing. These little, I mean, let's give props where props are needed. It's all kids yeah. in this movie for yeah. the most part. Performances 99% are great. 9% of it is kids, and they crush. Let's talk about, well, about. <laughs> <can't> re- <laughs> let's talk about. Are you trying to find me? I was going to say, I. I mean, excuse me. Uh, yeah. Let's talk about the 
the ending <laughs> the ending <laughs> music part uh, portion okay not like the ending ending but there is one portion of it where a character Bruce uh-huh starts singing and the whole choreography dance number <coughs> right hats off to red hat red hat I take my hat off to you because these kids are incredible. It had me in tears. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like it's, it was, it was so good, so good. Yeah, uh, the so Matilda is played by an actress named Alicia Weir, um, who's is this a, her first movie? I don't know, but she's so good. I mean, just oh my goodness, completely Incredible. embodies the role. I mean, it's yeah, it's pretty amazing. And then Emma Thompson is probably the most well-known name. And oh she's, like, gosh. unrecognizable. She's hideous. Uh, she plays Miss Agatha Trunchbull, who's, like, this sort of awful uh, headmistress at this school that's basically a prison for these kids. Yes. And, yeah, it's yeah, it's it's pretty amazing. The, she, yeah, she is so, so good. So good. <laughs> gosh. So the dance numbers are great. Uh, children's performances, uh, the acting and the singing, the musical performances, I thought were were pretty outstanding. Um, so yeah, I, I would highly recommend this. It's not um, any, you know, I, I didn't know what to expect honestly because it was not a uh, musical that I was familiar with, and I mean, I I didn't even know it was a musical. I just remember the one with. The Penguin Man, <laughs> the Pe- Danny DeVito. Danny DeVito. <laughs> <laughs> I can't remember his name. Um, I just remember that one. So yeah. that one wasn't a musical at all. And I, I remember. So whenever I saw Matilda the musical, I was like, "What the heck?" Yeah. Um, this is so, very stylized. I thought as well. Like it I, is. I feel, feel like a lot of the sets are are very whimsical or sort of. I don't know, like, especially in, like Matilda's family's home. Now, where she sleeps up in yes. the attic is pretty awful. But the rest of the home, it's like the colors are just a little bit exaggerated. The behavior of all the adults, at least the bad adults, is kind of exaggerated. So you're definitely seeing mm-hmm. through the eyes of Matilda and the way she sees the world. Um, and so if an adult is a villain they're you know they're kind of comically villainous um and um but yeah it's it's a high high production value um and has been i don't know i just felt like was really enjoyable and uh laser really enjoyed it so i think it would be suitable for most kids you know i think they would enjoy it yeah there's some weird i mean like the fact that she's kind of locked up in the attic by her parents and they treat her really badly. Like he Harry was, Potter, you know. Yeah. And there were scenes where he was a little bit kind of like, well, why are they doing that? I was, you know, trying to explain that they're bad parents. And so, um, yeah. So, but anyway, it's definitely, I mean, it's not, it's not like the original <clears throat> Matilda. So if you've seen, um, the original Matilda, I don't even know whenever that came out. Let me, let me Google it. Uh, 1996. So it's it is the same storyline, obviously, but it isn't done the same way as that Matilda. Um, Number one biggest thing is the fact that it's based in England. 
and right. not in the United States. So it's just, and it's a musical, but I absolutely loved it. I would give it a nine out of 10. Um, the performances by these young actresses and actors, I mean, incredible. I just, there's not enough words to describe. I would love to see like a whole behind the scenes on how these kids managed to learn the choreography for everything that they did, because that was some of that stuff. I was like, dang, there's, yeah. oh my gosh. If you, you should do a little search like on, I think on TikTok, maybe it would be on like YouTube or something too, but um, where people have synced up the dance sequences from Matilda with like other music. It's really, it's pretty cool. I'd give it, I would give this probably like an eight to eight and a half um, for a musical, okay. like, quite high um i don't uh, musicals have to be really good to like sustain my attention because the music has to be strong um this i thought not only not only had good music but the dance numbers were entertaining enough like it just there's always a ton going on on the screen so i i really did like it yeah yeah it was really it was really good highly recommend um it is just a little it does get you kind of in the feels a little bit too. So incredible. Yeah. Yeah. Loved it. Uh, can't say nothing bad about it. It's just so great. Check it out. With that. <laughs> <laughs> Hate to end on such a uh, ending. But with that, we're going to take another break and we're going to talk about the main course of this podcast, which is. Glass Onion. Hello! Oh my god! Crew, we've arrived! Disruptors have assembled! Welcome, gang. We got a great weekend. Who's that? Benoit Blanc, the detective? Mr. Prompt, I cannot overstate my gratitude to be here. When's the murder mystery start? I've invited you all to my island. Hi. Because tonight, a murder will be committed. My murder. Once you're dead, will we still be able to talk to you? Yeah, I'm not playing dead the whole weekend, dude. Well, this is truly delightful. Across the island, I've hidden clues. You will have to closely observe each other. If anyone can name the killer, that person wins our game. Any questions? <laughs> Alibari. Uh, that has a kick. Oh my god. Welcome back, everybody. We are going to be talking about Ryan Johnson's Glass Onion. And this is going to be a spoiled episode. We're going to spoil the shib out of this episode. A spoiler. We're spoiling it. Yeah. We're Um, spoiling it, everyone. So if you would like to watch Glass Onion and not have anything from the plot ruined for you, I would say stop listening now. Um come back and finish this podcast after you've watched the spoiler film. Alert. Uh-uh. Spoiler alert. Because, We're gonna um, spoil the shit out I of think this. everyone who has uh-huh. seen it will realize that this is a kind of a difficult film to discuss if you to, without spoiling some key elements of the of the the plot. And so in order to be able to have a full and lively discussion, I feel like we need to be able to or we can't really dance around uh, several of the plot points, and so we'll just have to spoil mm-hmm. it. So, you've been warned. We are going to spoil it. So, if you don't want to hear anything, then t- 
turn away now. Uh, turn it off. If you don't want to hear it, but you continue listening, that's it's your, your fault. fault. That's your don't bad. Don't come at that's us. Your okay. We have said spoil, spoiling, spoiled, spoiler, spoiling the shib, all of the things yeah, to okay. cover we, our own Everybody's butts. got it. Okay. All right. So. Okay. Rude. <laughs> Number one. I felt like we had. I felt like we were pretty clear. So I just, yeah. you know, some people might not understand. <laughs> All right. There's always that one person. Aaron. So this is a sequel to Knives Out. Um, without yes. rehashing completely what Knives Out was, um, I'd say that we were both were very big fans of Knives Out. Correct. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And I think that I have been a big fan of Ryan Johnson for quite a long time because I uh, first um, really beca- became a yeah. fan when his first film was released called Brick. Have you seen Brick? Do you remember Brick? I'm I th- never heard of it. Okay, you need to see Brick. It's a fantastic film um, and uh, starring. Um, Oh, now, yeah. I should never say starring and before I know for sure that I know the name of the actor because that like... Joseph Gordon-Levitt. There you go. Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Um, it is a film noir mystery uh, set in a high school. And you have uh, the, the... It's one of the best scripts I've ever... Like, uh, I've best writing that I say... That I think I've experienced in a film where I was just like... Listening to the lines read or, or acted by these um, these performers and being just mesmerized by how great the writing was, and so mm-hmm. it was written and directed by Ryan Johnson. Um, and anyway, that was the that's kind of where he kind of got on, uh, like landed on my radar as a as a director. And so I've kind of followed his career, and he's had a lot of great films since. Um, one of his biggest films, and unfortunately, one of the things pe- people most know him from is that he directed Star Wars The Last Jedi in 2017, which was a big box office success, but not a very big, or at least not a great critical success, I should say. Um, okay. but, um, but other than that, he's directed several films on smaller budgets like Looper from 2012, um, and good movie and knives out the the original knives out um he also directed an episode of breaking bad um good show some of his others uh what's he, he did one the brothers i'm blank good movie. blanking on it now but there's another one that he did uh uh after brick that was quite good but anyway um so ryan johnson i've i've been a fan of for for a long time and so um this was a very anticipated film for me for this year. And I was very pleased by it in general. Like this was, I thought hilarious. How, what did your, what were your first impressions of glass onion? I, so I felt the same before I, before I say any of that, let me give you the, the theme of this movie. If you haven't seen it or, and you are still listening, um, unbeknownst to you you're still listening unbeknownst to us i mean 
Anyways, five longtime friends are invited to the Greek island home of billionaire Miles Braun. All five know Braun from way back and owe their current wealth, fame, and careers to him. The main event is a murder weekend game with Braun to be the victim. In reality, they all have reasons to kill him. Also invited is Benoit Blanc, the world's greatest detective. I thought this movie was hilarious and I watched it with mom and dad again. So I've, I watched it twice and I caught a lot of things the second yeah, time because the first yep. time I watched it, um, I was actually packing to head to mom and dad's. Um, but it is so much different than the first movie. Like yeah, you yeah. can't even, <clears throat> I wouldn't even say that this is a sequel to the first movie because it's new people, yeah, new location a, a new storyline completely. In the first movie, it had it had its funny moments, but this one was complete comedy for the most part. Like more of a more of a clue type of clue type of feel. Yeah, where the yep. first one was was not real. It was more serious. Um, the cast in this is probably mo- the most eclectic bunch of people, but it worked so well. You have Dave Bautista, you have Edward Norton, Kate Hudson, Leslie Odom Jr., Katherine Hahn, Madeline Klein, um, Janelle Monet. Those those are kind of your main your main people, Jessica Henwick. And they just all work so well together. But it is they are just the biggest bunch of misfits. <laughs> yeah, but it's it is, and they're all funny, great performances that we can talk about yes. uh, in a minute. But there's no doubt that Daniel Craig steals the show. Oh my gosh, like, Daniel Craig is fantastic in this movie. There's, uh, I mean, you're right. He so the first so Knives Out. Which, if you haven't seen Knives Out, highly recommend it. But it's um, you don't need to see it in order to enjoy this film. Mm-hmm. All you need to know is that um, Benoit Blanc, or Benoit, how do you say his name? <laughs> Benoit, Benoit Benoit Blanc mm-hmm. um, is the greatest detective in the world, right? He's uh, yes. he's and this is a character played by Daniel Cra- Daniel Craig. He's a private investigator, the greatest detective in the world. Um, he's from Louisiana, like New Orleans, the New Orleans yeah. area. Um, mm-hmm. C- Cajun, I think. Yeah. And so, um, he was funny and definitely an over the top performance in the, in Knives Out, but that role is just expanded and broadened in this film where he just is, it's just, one of the, it's just a hilarious character, just one of the funniest characters. Yes. So, so you know, we talked about White Lotus. Um, the Jennifer Coolidge character, um, Tanya from White Lotus, uh, especially in season one, I found her to be one of the most, uh, f- one of the funniest characters I had seen on in films or TV for a long time. But Benoit Blanc is probably right up there with her. Just, oh, just yeah, for sure. I just start giggling, um, just to see him start to deliver his lines, like, and he he's loving every minute of it. Like, there's no, mm-hmm. like, you just feel like Daniel Craig after playing, uh, you know, a decade and a half or two decades 
of, you know, James Bond where he can't smile or crack a joke or, uh-huh. you know, and it's like finally he feels like it's like there's no character that's more of a complete opposite than Benoit Blanc from James Bond. Um, and yes. he just does it the- so well. <laughs> there is a line when... <laughs> And this is kind of towards towards the end, but there is there is a line whenever he Benoit gets so frustrated by the chain of events that have happened that he it's something like, uh, oh gosh, <laughs> you dim-witted, brainless Jack, you're one murder with any panache at all, and you stole the whole idea from me, like just. Incredible. There wasn't a moment that it I it was just such a fun spin coming from the first one and have seen the first one into this one. Yeah, yeah. Um and then you had all the like you had Ethan Hawke in it, you had Hugh Grant, just little cameos, Kareem Abdul Jabbar, yeah, yeah. Serena Williams, Natasha Lyon, Steven Soddenham, and then Angela Lansbury. <laughs> like Yep. Just just so weird. So weird. So um yeah, so who do, who who would you say um well, so yeah, let's I'll just say up front it's it's a f- more broad comedy sort of film than Knives Out was. Knives Out was yes. was sort of a was definitely trying, you know, obviously intended to be funny, but was also I think presented as more of a classic sort of whodunit, um, mm-hmm. you know, and this, and this is certainly has some of those elements to it, but it's, it's definitely the comedy has ratcheted up just a little bit more. The absurdity mm-hmm. of the characters has, has been ratcheted up. And um, so anyway, to those characters, I mean, um, you have uh, Edward Norton who plays the uh, billionaire, supposedly genius billionaire, who has uh, a company called Alpha that I guess we can sort of we could sort of say is something similar to Google maybe or Tesla or Amazon, yeah, something like yeah, that. Yeah, he's a tech billionaire, um, assumed to be a genius by everyone, and of course as the as the film progresses, we learn that that's really a, a mirage that he's not really, yes, he's not really a genius. <laughs> and he's just, in fact, a little bit, uh, I wouldn't say he's dim witted, but he's certainly not as sharp as he presents himself to the world. And as the world mm-hmm. believes him to be. Um, and then you have Janelle Monet. And I think she's kind of a standout here because she plays oh, two roles that are complete opposites. Right. So um, she plays uh, the character of, uh, at, what's it, Andy? Andy. So th- mm-hmm. the first character she plays is Andy, who is also a, sort of a true tech genius who yes. ha- helps develop um, the system or the framework that this alpha tech is is developed on and who then the Edward Norton character, Miles Braun, takes credit for eventually. So... Um, so she plays this one very serious character, um, and named and that as a nickname everyone calls Andy. But then she plays the twin sister of Andy named Helen, who is a serious but uh, southern girl who has not pursued. <laughs> teacher, yeah, she's a teacher. 
she's lived a simpler life. Um, and she's not a businesswoman, so she's not really familiar with this world of high stakes, you know, business or, or the tech industry or dealing with tech bros or and all that kind of stuff. And so she plays these two kind of opposite roles. Um, and she does both of them really well, I think, you know? Um, so I was pretty, pretty impressed by her ability to kind of switch back and forth between those two characters. Um, and she played, so she played Andy, but then she also played Helen playing Andy. So that's, uh, yes. yeah, that's kind of, <laughs> kind of complex, complex and impressive for her to be able to do that. So, um, and she's not hard on the eyes. I'll say that she's not hard on the eyes. Um, she is very pretty. She is very, she is very, very pretty. Um, and then you have, uh, you have, uh, Jessica Henwick, uh, Madeline Klein, who, I think we probably know best from Outer Banks. She was kind of like mm-hmm. when she was on screen. I initially I was like, "Who? Who is that? How do we know her? What, where is she from?" It's because you never heard her say John B. seventeen hundred. Yeah, exactly, times. exactly. <laughs> um, and then Kate Hudson was really oh a gosh. great surprise in this too. Um, and I think because she, Kate Hudson would have played the Madeline Klein role like fifteen, twenty years ago, right? And so yeah. now, honestly, she may have even still been able to play. That oh, I role. think so. Yeah, yeah, I think so too. But but they had to they had to get a Madeline Klein because of how her character is portrayed exactly. in yeah. how Kate Hudson's character is portrayed right. in this movie. Exactly. Yeah, she Kate Hudson. They could have put her in that Madeline Klein role, no problem. But. Um, yeah, yeah. So my favorite, my favorite line that I laughed probably more about in this film than probably any other line was when was involved Kate Hudson's character, and we find out that she's in trouble because it was revealed that her fashion line was using a sweatshop, and um, then it's revealed through a conversation with her assistant that because she was. She was told that that the that this factory in China was a an infamous sweatshop, and she thought that that was a good thing because she wanted to produce sweat sweatpants, and so, so I just laughed. Like the more I thought about that, the more I laughed about it. But so she's yeah, she's Ed- very good in this. There's every every and then Edward Norton. I mean Edward Norton. It's what's crazy about him is how good he is in comedy roles. And mm-hmm. like how I never imagined that early in his career. Like I, I guess I always thought of him in very serious roles and he played in a lot of really serious roles. And then when you see him do something like this, and this isn't the first comedy he's done, but this is, he, he, he takes it on so with so much ease. Like he really yeah. is, he really fits into this role well. Mm-hmm. I I would agree with that 100%. I just feel like all the characters were really, really, I don't know. They were just really, really well thought out and rounded enough that I enjoyed it so, so much. Just 
I mean, Daniel Craig, yes, is the is the spotlight 100 percent, especially whenever they're getting ready to start their murder mystery. And he cracks the whole (laughs) he cracks the whole murder mystery. Mm -hmm. But he's like, as soon as Braun is explaining, one of my other favorite quotes is, so if you win, does someone get an a brand new iPad. <laughs> and then whenever he whenever he cracks the whole thing and Braun takes him out of the room and throws the iPad at him. <laughs> just, it just it cracks me. It is it it's just a really, really good movie. And there are so many twists and turns to it that were you expecting how it ended? Now here I guess is really where it's about we're about to openly talk about it and spoil it but all of the twists and turns that happened with Andy with Andy dying being right. being killed right so we find out that Miles Braun the character played by Edward Norton um, actually did kill Andy who had at one point been sort of a co-founder of a- Alpha his company mm-hmm. Um, because she was threatening to reveal to the world that she had actually written the code or, you know, had been the, had had been the architect of the alpha system that had made him a billionaire. And so, um, he had killed her, uh, in order to prevent her from revealing that information. Apparently he didn't know that she had a twin sister, I guess. I, I don't think any of them really knew up until... I mean, I don't think any of them knew. Uh, well, I guess I should say maybe Birdie did because she does say that one line. Well, Andy, you did talk about your twin sister. And then she stops. And I was like, oh, my gosh. Um, mm. But I don't think any of them really knew because I guess they were kind of or, estranged. Yeah. And, estranged yeah, to and, each other. And maybe because she was a teacher and lived in the South, far removed from anything Andy was involved in. Maybe it just yeah. never crossed their minds, but, um, but yeah, so she, so because Andy is killed, then, um, before that, her death is leaked to the press, um, her twin sister also played by Janelle Monet, um, catches wind of it or catches wind of all this. She finds out about this invitation that was received, um, to this party and she then seeks the help of Benoit Blanc to help her solve her sister's murder. And um, mm-hmm. then once we get to the island, um, then Miles Braun also murders uh, the Dave Bautista um, character uh, by feeding him some pineapple juice. And he essentially does this. I was. I'm not sure if I'm clear on why he ended up killing or poisoning Dave Bautista. Was it? Um, it was because it was because his character Duke mm-hmm. um, got all of the alerts on everybody, and so oh, okay. it had right. le- it had leaked that Andy had actually died, and so had That's been right. killed. That's right. And so whenever he showed it to Miles and said, this changes everything, like it could get me a spot talking on Alpha News. Yeah, yeah. Miles yeah. was like, oh, got to shut that down because he was the only one Who knew that, that had his had... phone on him at yep. the time. So then I would assume then at that point that Miles Braun, he knows for sure that Andy 
the woman who all of them think is Andy is actually Andy's sister. And that's why he then tries to shoot her and kill her. Yes. Okay. Yep. Um, yep. That's yeah. Okay. And she doesn't die only by mere accident because her, (laughs) what is it in her pocket that stops the bullet? Like, uh, it's just a note. It's her sister's notebook, which is so oh, that's right. far fetched that just a normal notebook would stop. Well, there's a lot of far a nine millimeter book. Yeah, there's there's a lot of far fetched stuff in this, but it doesn't really matter because of the genre, right? Oh, yeah. It's like an Agatha yep. Agatha Christie kind of novel, uh, and so yeah, the idea that there's a twin sister and that she can fool everyone into believing that she is Andy, and you know, just the the sort of lucky uh, happenings uh, th- throughout this film are, mm-hmm. you know, it's it's far-fetched, but it's not meant to be believable. And it's it's all meant to be good fun and over the top. And even the way the film ends with the Glass Onion mansion, you know, I- exploding into flames and like all of that is, it's just spectacle, right? It's just meant for fun. So, yeah. Um, so you just kind of go along for the ride and it's a, it's a really, really fun ride. And when you get to see a movie like this and you think, well, shoot, like this was like, this is a movie that I would have been happily have paid to go see in a theater. I don't, oh, yeah, I don't think sure. I lost anything watching at home, you know, like it was still really enjoyable, but, um, but you know, just it, it it is the type of film where you're like, I would have, I would have enjoyed this in the theater, and it's just great to know that they're still making movies like this. Yeah. So, with I don't I don't know if I ever actually asked my question, but with all the twists and turns, did you kind of know who did it at whenever everything started? Well, I figured that Miles Braun would. Yeah, I mean, I essentially knew the. I guess the the trick here, and this is kind of true of Knives Out as well, is like halfway through the film, you already know kind of who the guilty parties are. But now what you need to do, like the second half of the film is spent sort of catching up with Benoit Blanc and, and, and discovering how he came to this conclusion, yeah. right? So I think okay. that's the key is like it's not so much that we were it was a mystery about like a who who the murderer was. It's more of a mystery of like how did Benoit Blanc find the murderer or just you know discover who the murderer was and how is he going to prove that this was you know that this was the murderer. So um I don't know, but it's yeah. it's it's presented in sort of um I've you know I've heard people talk about this film as sort of a puzzle box, you know, where you're sort of trying to figure out um, each of the pieces and how they fit together. So you might see all the police, all the pieces, sort of like clearly laid out already, but you're trying to figure out like how they all fit together, and that's kind of the way this works. Is like it's not that yeah, it's not that you're kind of it, it you're never lost in knowing who's the guilty parties are. But what you are a bit unsure about is how all these different moving parts are going to eventually kind of fit together. And so anyway, that's and that's the enjoyment of it, too, is getting to see that all come together in a really entertaining way. 
Yeah, I would say a lot of times, kind of with these whodunit type movies, I'm always able to, to kind of figure out what what is going on and how and who is kind of responsible. But I will say the one reason that I really enjoy this movie and with Knives Out is because it wasn't apparent. Now I'll, I'll say with Knives Out, it wasn't apparent as quickly as Glass Onion mm-hmm. on who did it. With Knives Out, I was up until it actually came to light who the actual killer was. I was like, oh, okay, now it makes sense. Um, but with Glass Onion, it was kind of around the same point that I would say everybody else would would figure it out. Like, right. oh, this is what's happening yeah. is whenever I, too, was like, oh, this is what's happening. And I absolutely loved it. I think this movie from start to finish was a t- nine and a half. Yeah, I'll say I'll say what nine and a half out of ten. It, it just and, and maybe even ten out of ten. I don't yeah. know. It, 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 it I'll was give it super, super enjoyable. Yeah, that's the thing is I'll give it a ten just purely like I mean, obviously anyone who wanted to be a critic could come in and like pick pinpoint like small little things they might want to see changed or ways that it wasn't quite Mm -hmm. living up to knives out or whatever. All I know is I very, um, was very enthusiastic about it through from start to finish, enjoyed every minute of it. Can't wait to see what Benoit Blanc does next and what the next knives out murder mystery is. I mean, I truly hope there are several more of these films. Um, oh, yeah. And, it would be incredible because none of them feed off of each other. Right. Like, yeah. That's the thing is like they can You all don't be have to stories. watch one to watch. Yeah. To watch the other one, which is why I enjoy it because it's it, it's Benoit, but that's the only same the same piece about it. The story is so different. It right, kind of is right. like a White Lotus. Yeah. That's what made me think of White Lotus is like. Here's a the only connecting thread between season one and season two was the Jennifer Coolidge character, and mm-hmm. that's kind of the only connecting thread between Knives Out and Glass Onion. But man, I hope that it continues on and we see many more um, films with Benoit Blanc as a as the <laughs> the world's greatest detective solving crimes. Like that would be fantastic. Yeah. The cameos alone from all the people that made cameos in it is was incredible as well. And so highly recommend. There's not really anything in this movie that isn't really suitable for like kids under the age of I would say well, it's, it's I would PG say, thirteen, right? Or Yeah, I'd say twelve would be the like twelve is the cutoff of yeah. it. Um where you could a twelve year old could sit and watch it and kind of enjoy it, and you as a parent or guardian wouldn't have to worry. Oh, what am what am I letting them watch? But it it really it really is good and enjoyable and just kind of super super funny and hilarious. I loved it. I absolutely loved it. Great. Well, shall we wrap things up? <sighs> indubitably, sir. Indubitably. Um, okay. So any recommendations? I have I already told you one, which was the Harry and Megan documentary, but I have another one. And it's two, but really one. 
And that is, they're both on Netflix. They star Will Arnett, and it's called Murderville. And it's basically <laughs> little episodes, um, and Will Arnett is a character, but then they bring in other celebrities and they give them no script. They tell them nothing about what's happening and they have to solve these murders. And so today I watched one called Murderville or Who Killed Santa? A Murderville Murder Mystery. Um, and it was Will Arnett as a detective, but it, they brought in the two celebrity actors that they brought in were Jason Bateman and Maya Rudolph. Mm -hmm. And they told them nothing about the plot of the murder, of who the killer was or anything like that. And they just had to basically improv it. Yeah. And in so funny, it's incredible. I think you would just the episode with Jason Bateman. Yeah. Um, I've watched Because it. at one point, yes, just gosh. Yeah, it's it's so good. that episode. So I've only watched two episodes of this series, one with Conan O'Brien and then one with Jason Bateman. They were both hilarious. So if you like that, if you like. Did you watch the one with Maya Rudolph? No, just. Well, I mean, the one with the Christmas one oh. that she's in. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. But okay. I have not watched the the other episodes in the, the first season. But um, yeah, that's it's really it's really funny, especially if you like those. Um, performers they're all really hilarious so yeah i can't that i'm just gonna look it up because i don't remember what his name is but he was on the hangover and he's the asian guy oh uh, uh i know who you're talking about um but i can't think of his name right now Either. <laughs> yes, he's he he's in one episode and it's really funny as well. So if you haven't watched more than one, that is that is my other recommendation. Um, but other than that, I don't really have anything yeah. else. I would. Do I'll, you have anything? No, I'm just going to go with that as oh, well because okay. it was funny. Okay. Yeah. Cool. OK, cool. Well, there it is. You heard it here first, folks. Um, with that. It is, excuse me, December 30th, Friday, when you're hearing this. It is one day before New Year's Eve. So, as always, stay safe out there, people. Get your drink on. Get your party on. Have fun. The year is coming to a close, and I don't know where it went because I feel like it just started. But it's ending. With that, don't let this podcast end. <laughs> Keep it alive. Keep the fire lit. Keep it where I can continue having more and more fans that I can. You know, I I digress. I told mom, I got to take a pause for a minute. I told mom that I needed to marry someone with the last name Potter <laughs> because I wanted my fan base to be called Potheads. <laughs> 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 so i just so i had nothing to do I, with i <laughs> has nothing to do with uh harry potter no it literally has nothing to do with harry potter it's just because i think it'd be funny to have a fan base called potheads <laughs> uh, so i just need to come up with 
a good fan base name because apparently I'm the only person that has fans, so I need like <laughs> I need a fan. I need a fan name. Anyways, to keep this podcast alive, you sweet, sweet people of the interwebs, make sure to comment, like, share, subscribe, rate, review, follow us on Facebook. Facebook.com slash trying to like it. <laughs> or look at our website. Trying to like it dot com. What are you doing? I don't know. I'm just saying what I'm trying to jump in <coughs> at the time. Oh, okay. oh excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> yes, but do all of the things so we can continue to spread my positivity and optimism to the world <laughs> and Aaron's little side notes of negative blurbs. But it doesn't matter because people don't like negative. We've we figured that. We've established it. But as always, have a happy New Year's Eve, a great Happy New, New Year's. Year. Happy New Year's, everyone. And as always, thanks for listening to I'm Trying to Like It. Dun, 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 Bye. <laughs> Happy New Year. I'm trying to like it.